can do. And I can be who it says I can be. Today I will be taught the incorruptible, indestructible word of God. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And my ears are open. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Are you ready for church this morning? Woo. All right, well, you know pastor is doing a series. Um, you can go ahead and, while I'm talking to you here, turn to Isaiah 119. But pastor is doing a series, A Mind to Prosper. A Mind to Prosper, A Mind to Prosper. And our foundation verse is found in 3 John, and it says, you know, that, um, brethren, I wish above all things, about all things, that you will prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So even to the degree that your soul is prospering, then you will be, uh, your soul is made well, then you will prosper and you'll be in health. So health is a byproduct of a healthy soul. You know, some of the sicknesses we have can just disappear if we just take care of our soul. And so last week we also learned that there are five components to the soul. That there's a mind, there's a will, there's the emotions, there's the intellect, and there's the imagination. All right. So the degree to which these are good is the degree we can prosper and be healthy. So I want you to close your eyes for a quick second and we'll give you an image. An image. Imagine yourself, you just won this trip, and this trip is to the beautiful island of Jamaica. You are getting the opportunity to go to Negril. Negril boasts seven miles of undisturbed beach. White sands everywhere. You can just feel the sand just crunching under your feet. It's warm. It's 86 degrees in the shade. There's a light breeze coming up from the ocean. And uh, let me tell you, the water in Jamaica, you can walk as far and still look down. It's so clear. And you have this free trip. And somebody gave you all the clothes that you need to wear. And you can just feel the sun right now just, just beaming on your face. And you're underneath that big tree with a hammock, with a book, just laying down. And you have the waiters coming and serving you fruit and breakfast. And it's all you can eat. And it's all inclusive. And you're just ready to go because they gave you this, this, this trip. And as you get ready now, you're in the airport. You're walking through. You're so excited. And, you know, now they're boarding the plane. And, you, oh, my gosh, you even got first-class seats. And you're in the first class. And you're sitting down. And you just feel how much cushier these are than the other class seats. And they give you this warm towel to wipe your hands off as they come and take your order. And the captain says, you know, flight attendants, this is your captain speaking. Please get ready for takeoff. The engine revs up. You put your seat back because you are imagining yourself on this beach that you will be in three hours flight away from DFW Airport to Montego Bay, Jamaica. And as they're turning, you're realizing that the engine is going, the propellers are going. Everyone is ready, but the plane is not moving. We're wondering, is, you know, are we waiting for control center to send us off? But the, pi the pilot comes and says, this is your captain. We regret to inform you there are no wheels on the plane. Well, you can open your eyes now. How disappointing is that? So your, your soul is like a plane. 
prosperity and health are the island destination. If the plane is shiny and has gas lights but no tires, you'll never get there. Now, with a push and a pull, you may, you may screech a little bit onto the runway. You may kind of get closer to your destination. But chances are you really won't ever get to your destination because that particular destination is across the water. And um, you need a little bit more than just a push and a tug. It's the same with your soul. All the parts, your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, your imagination, all of that has to be in working order in order for you to get to this island called health and prosperity. Now, health and prosperity is relative to you. Because, see, I just speak Jamaica, but you may want to go to, you know, Martinique or somebody wants to go to, you know, Tahiti or, you know, somebody even want to go further way over into the Maldives or, you know, you may just want to go up the street to Fort Worth. I'm just saying, whatever your prosperity island is to you, that's, that's, that's what it is to you. So what's on your health and prosperity island? What did you imagine as the place where you would have arrived? You know, when, when you're growing up or you kind of begin to be a teenager into college years, you begin to have this idea of when I get older, I'm going to be prosperous and I'm going to have a good job and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And these are your markers that you set for yourself to say that you've arrived, that you've, you know, you're at this prosperous place, that you're on this island. You know, was it like by the time you were 30, you would have two and a half kids, six goldfish, two dogs and a husband that just does whatever you want him to do? You know, maybe it could be that, you know, you would lose 30 pounds or you'd finish college or, you know, you'd retire after 60 and you'd never have to work again. Or, you know, maybe it's something like that. These are the different markers and prosperity is relative, you know, so it's not always about money. Maybe you thought, man, I would really grow old with this person. You know, maybe that was what prosperity meant to you. Maybe it was, you know, my kids would respect me. Or maybe it would be that, you know, my, no, my kids, none of them would be in jail. Or maybe this was prosperity to you. Maybe it's vacation once a year. No credit card debt. Amen. What do you perceive as being prosperous? God gives us answers. Here is a question. In Jamaica, we have a saying. We have a, a saying that says, you know, all you got to do is put your mind to it. Buckle down, buckle down. Buckle down to it. Do it, do it. You know, this is this chant we used to, we used to get at the high school I went to anyway. Pastor Chen didn't go to school at all, as you can tell. He only reads in pictures. But anyway, you have to buckle down. So today we are going to deal with the will. The will is one aspect of the soul that we have to deal with. Because the will is extremely, extremely important. But my question is, are you willing to buckle down to do whatever it's going to take for you to prosper? For you to get to this place of prosperity, this prosperity and health island that you have in your mind. Will you be willing to do whatever it takes? You may have money, but your marriage is in a crisis. So you may be prosperous in your money, but you're not prosperous in your, in your marriage. You know, you may have a lovey-dovey marriage. But your money is laughing at you. I mean, like with big, loud laughs, right? <laughs> you may be, have a good job, but your loved one is sick. Or your health may be good, but your children need all-night prayer. You're on TBN calling them every day for your kids. So we want God's idea for prosperity is a total prosperity. Are you willing to do it? All right, two things I'm going to answer for you today. Are you in Isaiah 119? Very good. Two things I'm going to answer to you for you. What is the it that is going to take to prosper? Remember I said, are you willing to do what it takes to prosper? What is this it? I'm going to tell you what the it is. And then the second thing I'm going to answer is, how do you manage your will 
So it will want to prosper. Here we go. Isaiah 1 verse 19. And the reason that we're discussing the will is because it's the most important factor in developing a mind to prosper. Our will governs our behaviors and our attitudes and our beliefs. Our beliefs and our behaviors are governed by our will. It's like a ship with a rudder. The direction is by your will. If you don't will to, you won't. If you don't want to, you're not going to. A will is that mental determination, that fight, that stubbornness, that ironclad decision, that persistence, that belligerence that makes you do what you do. That your will is the thing that says, I will not let nobody hit me. If anybody hits me, I will kill him. That, that will thing right there. That's what we're talking about today. I will not pay my bills on time. I'll just wait till almost 30 days because I got to just shift my stuff. What, if, what do you will? What are you willing right now to do? And what are you willing to do? That's just what willing, 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 willing. All right, Isaiah. Isaiah 119. This is the it that it takes a prospect. Very, very simple. Isaiah 1:18. And I know that you hear this scripture all the time, but it bears repeating because, you know, we get good teaching here at Word of Truth Family Church. We have one of the best pastors, I believe, in the whole Metroplex. I believe in the nation. He's very founded on strong on the word and very good at what he does. But it's not that we have a hearing problem. We have a willing problem. We don't do what we know to do. We don't do what we hear. You know, we, we're like big kids. We have to say it over and over. But just like you have to tell your kids, don't do it. Don't land and leave the Xbox alone. Land and stop popping up the Xbox. Land and please put the Xbox back into the wall. I mean, you know, it's the same thing over and over. And then whenever you don't hear, then you, what? Who don't hear must feel. <laughs> Eben says his mom used to say a hard head makes a soft. There you go. And as you can tell. It did work. She did get him. <laughs> Amen. Isaiah 119. And it says this. It says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Oh, but what does verse 20 say? But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. So our, you know, our prosperity is based on our willingness, the condition of our will. So this is it. We must obey the word of God. Why aren't we willing? What are some of the things that make us not willing? You know what? I, this is just me believing. I believe we are not willing because we bought lies. We buy these lies that convince us otherwise. For example, we buy the lie that we really are not in control. You know, we buy the lie that the devil can make us do it. We buy the lie that, you know... It, it can only happen for them, but not for me. We buy the lie that, oh, that's for young people now. They can dream. You know, I've had my time. That's a lie. We buy the lie that, you know, I'm not qualified. You know, this prosperity and health will elude me. It's good for so-and-so, but it's not really good for me because, you know, we buy the lie because I'm not really walking perfect before the Lord. This one, I'll never get this. We buy these lies so we don't set our will towards something because we have already convinced ourselves that we are not even worthy to get it. Or that our time has passed. One thing that, you know, was encouraged that my dad, um, I don't know how old is he, how old is he? 37 and 27 is what, 64? Okay, he's 64. 
And they just last year bought their dream house. All of us are gone. I mean, the house is big enough for all of us. We hoped that the dream would have manifested when we were in the house. Instead of our three, four, five of us up in one bedroom, we would have liked to have been in this, how many, five, six bedroom house that the two of them are in. At 64, he's still fulfilling a dream. So I got encouraged and I was like, you know what? Prosperity is for you at any time. You are willing. What I want us to do is stop making excuses and instead make us make an effort. Make an effort. The truth about our will. Number one, my will is under my control. It's under my control. Turn to John 20, 25, if you would. John 20, 25, and that is in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And I, I love this, you know. Um, it's in my control. So whenever you hear them go, the devil just backed me up. He made me do it. You know he did. No, he did not. John 20, 25. And this is what it says. So this is when Jesus had rose from the dead and all this kind of good stuff, right? And all, uh, some people saw him, some people didn't see him. And they came up to doubting who? Doubting Thomas. You know him. My dad's name is Thomas. So saying... He showed them his hands and his, let me go to the King James. And when he had said so, he showed unto him his hands and his side. That is not 25. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The other disciples said to him, we have seen the Lord, but he, this is Thomas said unto them, except I shall see in his hands a print of the nails and put my finger in the print of the nails and thrust. Now imagine thrust, thrust, I mean, he bold. I dig out my hand into his side is what he's saying. I what? What does it say? I will to not believe. I will not believe. I will put conditions on my believing. I will put conditions on. No, the funny thing is about this is that this whole thing about Jesus was happening not just to Thomas. Whole lot of people saw Jesus and believed him. There's a whole lot of people going through economic struggle right now, but you know, everybody's not responding the same. Why is it Thomas is like, I will not believe unless this, 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 and this. The same circumstance can happen to a hundred people. And it doesn't have to necessarily be negative for a hundred people. It depends on what you will or will not believe. What will you set yourself to do? Believing is a matter of your will. You choose to believe or not. You choose to obey or not. We put conditions on our believing. We put conditions on our believing in our marriages. When he does so, 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 and so, then I will believe he's for real. You know? When, when my, my kid does so and so and so and so, then I'll begin to praise them. What is this? This, all this, I will stuff that you decide that you're going to do. Not, that's not based on the word that we make up. This is what Thomas was doing. Now, all these other people telling you 12, 15 people telling you, we saw him. Well, unless I dig out his side, I will not believe. Oh, okay. How is it working for you? This is like Dr. Phil. If the results you have are working, keep going. But if you are going to have different results and get on this health and prosperity island, you will have to will yourself to change. You will have to make a different decision. You will have to do something different. If what is working is not working, my goodness, 
We have to change. All right. It was going to about to get good right here. Ooh. So the first thing is your will is under whose control? My control. Nobody can make you do nothing. Okay? Let me tell you, let me tell you how, how serious this is. My stepmom got um, held up a couple years ago. She was coming from church. And um, we were at the first house, you know, not the, the dream house. So just imagine the neighborhood we were in to be held up. So we were in the first house, and um, she, she came, and guy came with a, uh, with a gun or something. He came, came with a gun to her. She, and, you know, her, her windows were kind of half down or whatever. He put his hands in there and told her to give him the keys. No. I would have just, just hold on a second. Let me get you the, my, my dad said, my dad said, he would have said, you just want my keys? Hold on. Let me go to my neighbors and get everybody's keys. <laughs> if you have a gun in his face, he's like, I just get everybody. Who else keys you want? <laughs> but my stepmom willed not to be robbed. And she said, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> you will not take my car. And she started speaking in tongues and all this kind of stuff. And started going crazy in the car for Jesus. The guy just backed up and left her. <laughs> she, was, she was like, you are not going to rob me today. She, you know what I'm saying? So your will, I'm saying. You know, some people say, well, a God was held to my head. I'm just saying to you. I know somebody, it was held to their head and they will not. They did not back down. All right, so the first thing, our will is my, in my control. So don't blame your circumstances. Don't make any excuses anymore. The truth is you just don't want to do it. Okay. My will will go through difficult times, defining moments, times of crisis. All right, let's, let me give you, give you a, a, an example. Pastor Eben, you know, a couple, uh, hmm, 11 years, no, heaven is 11. But 11 and a half years ago, he got injured in a car accident. A lady ran through the red light um, and hit all of us. But he was twisted looking at it, at the, the accident happening. So when he was twisted and the car hit, hit us, he got two herniated, two bulging discs out of that. In the L4, L5, those of you who have back issues, you know what that is like. Okay. When he got injured, he was working at the time for Airborne Express. He was um, making lots and lots of money. I mean, it was good in the corner house, I'm just telling you. I was making like maybe $800 a month because I really didn't need to make any money. So I just kind of was like, whatever y'all want to pay me, I just don't have nothing to do, you know. So I didn't even apply my faith for any money because I didn't need the money because he was making so much money. He was third in the nation for sales in Airborne Express. The only African-American guy at that position. And once, once that happened, then he couldn't drive anymore the long distances because his back was hurt. And um, what ended up happening is he was so hurt we went to all this therapy and we're all this kind of thing. And he refused to do surgery. And in just doing all of that, I mean, he couldn't put his clothes on. I mean, y'all just don't know this part of the past. But he, I had to put on his socks. I had to put on his, uh, help him dress. You know, all this kind of stuff. He was on six different medications, a lot of them narcotic medications. And, um, you know, he lost his job. Then they put him on disability. Heaven was born. Heaven got born. She weighed maybe seven, eight pounds. He was outside with her. They took a picture of him carrying her, denied his disability. He was, she was eight pounds, I'm telling you. Denied his disability. And so we went from like six, $7,000 a month to my little $800 and the, the whatever percent of the unemployment. Because, you know, unemployment don't count your commissions. They only count your salary. 
Well, the bulk of his money was it. So we were going through a difficult time. Right? And um, your will. The reason I'm saying this to you, because there's some of us who go through these difficult times with our jobs. And we sissy out. Pastor didn't lay down and decide that, oh, woe is me. My back is hurt. I'm good for nothing. It's over. My life is over. Man, that man was hustling. He tried to start him a peephole business. I'm just telling you, Pastor is not constructionally inclined. And my God, he tore up our doors trying to practice the keyholes, the peepholes, you know, little things that you look through. He went to Home Depot, figured out he could buy one for $1.79 and sell it for 20 and started hustling on the new people's homes. With his back. I'm saying to you, a bad circumstance can happen, but your will will go through a crisis, a defining moment, and what you choose to do in that defining moment will make or break you. If he had chose to lay down and, and fall out and just, you know, die, it would have been over. We wouldn't be here today. And I am here to tell you that he has willed and used his faith to the point where he's never done surgery. And he is on one medication now, which is the lowest dose he can be on. And it's not narcotics. And he never got addicted to these narcotics. You can use your faith and will in a crisis situation. Let me give you some people of a crisis. Um, 1 Samuel 17, 23, you don't have to turn there. This is when David, you know, um, was going down to Israel and there was this big war and Goliath came and he said, hey, you, you know, we're going to kill all of you. And Goliath was like seven foot whatever and, you know, must have been ugly. I just can't imagine you being seven foot and, and not ugly. But anyway, seven foot, I'm just saying, it's hard to see you way up there anyhow. It didn't matter if it was ugly, nobody could see him. And see, he was so big. And um, the Bible says, I love that in, in the scripture. Then as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of Gath. Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistine. And he spoke according to them the same words. And so David heard them. Well, if you continue reading, the Bible says that the Israelites were sore afraid. They were very afraid. And then David was like, well, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Well, their will was being challenged in a crisis circumstance. What was about to happen was that their whole country, all their kids, all their wives, everything was about to be taken from them. That's a crisis. Esther was in a crisis in Esther 4.10. Esther was in a crisis. She was going to die. She was going to die because the Bible says that the, uh, Haman did not like the Jews and wanted to kill them off. Well, Esther was a Jew. She didn't want to act like she was a Jew up in the palace. No, she didn't. I'm just... Mordecai said, oh, okay, don't think you're going to escape this because you are a Jew. Don't forget, you are a Jew. With all this Assyrian paint and whatever else you got on, you are a Jew. And they're coming to kill all Jews, including you. So her will was now in a crisis situation. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's go to Matthew 26. Matthew 26, 29. Matthew 26, 29. And here's the thing. Your will will go through difficult times. It's what you're going to do with it that's going to count. Matthew 26, 29. And here's what it says. My goodness, this is like the longest chapter in the, in the Bible. Next to Psalm 119. All right. Um, that is not the scripture I want. Okay, 39. Verse 39, sorry. And it says, uh, okay, verse 38. And I'll just read it for you. 
This was when he was in the garden of Gethsemane. Then Jesus said unto them, my soul, remember my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, my intellect, my imagination is exceedingly sorrowful even unto death. Tarry here and watch with me. He was telling the disciples, man, I'm going through. I'm just going to need y'all to just watch here for me just a little bit. But man, I feel like I'm, I mean, I'm so stressed. I'm about, I feel like I'm going to die. This is what Jesus was saying now. You're Jesus. The King of Kings, Lord, Lord Jesus. And he went a little farther and fell on his face. You ever, you ever so stressed, you just fall, don't? You just don't even know what to do. That ever happened to you? It happened to me. I go, ah! Lord! That never happened to y'all. Oh, okay. Just me. Just me, Jesus. Anyway, so he fell on his face and prayed. And he said, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And then in 42, he says the same thing again. He said it twice. In the book of John, it says he was so stressed that the sweat came off like blood. Jesus, his will, he did not want to go to the cross. He was there a minute because when he came back, oh, the little disciples were asleep. Right? So it wasn't like he just went in there, you know, God, let me holler at you a minute. Huh? This is how it flow. Um, see the cross thing? Really don't want to do that. But man, I'm the man. Put me up there anytime. It didn't work like that. He was not like that. He was like, have you seen those nails? They're very sharp. Do you know how long they're going to have to stretch? Do you know when they stretch me? It's like a stretch. It's not a yoga stretch, God. This is like a real stretch. He was, he was warring in a defining moment. Your will is going to go through crisis. We all face moments when we're not willing to do something we know we should do. For example, we should exercise, but you know what? We say, I don't want to. We should eat green vegetables, but I don't want to. I should not eat that fried chicken, but I don't want to obey. I should be at church, but whew, I don't want to. I should pray. But I don't, oh, that's just you. Okay, well, let me start about myself. I should pray. I don't want to pray. Now, I know to pray, and I do pray, but I don't want to pray. Some people just love praying. I know a member here in the Board of Truth Family Church, I think that's all she do is pray all day and night. Fast and pray. I don't want to do either of them. I really love food, and I don't want to fast. And I really love sleep, and I don't want to pray. But, holla. But I do pray and I do fast. Amen? Not every day now. All right. <laughs> Number three. My will is changeable when I add the right perspective. My will is changeable. You know why we don't fast? We see it as negative. You know why we don't pray? We see it as negative. Let me tell you a story Dr. Hilliard um, had said at the conference. And um, he said, Dr. Bridget, or Lady Bridget, she likes, I mean, she, well, we know this to be true. She exercises, like, religiously. 
It doesn't matter if she comes from a conference. 2 a.m. she is going to exercise like at least an hour. I mean, every day of the week she exercises. She's like a machine. This is factual because I had the privilege of being able to stay at their house one time. And, I mean, I, I was just trying to wake up and... You know, she's, I mean, she is exercised. We went on the cruise. They had like this passes cruise thing. I was just going to just kind of see what was in the little weight place. Just, just to see, to get me a vision. She was over there. I was like, my God, today. Every time I saw Dr. Bridget, she was, she was working out. So she does this. But her weakness is Snickers. She likes those creamy little caramel Snickers. Yes? And so uh, Bishop Hilliard was saying how, in their house, they have this little special box that they keep his extra dark chocolate and her Snickers. So he decided that he was going to go and go find his chocolate. And so he went down into the kitchen, opened up his box, and, hmm, when she, he, on top of the Snickers, he saw a note that she had wrote to herself. And the note said, shallow breathing. Shallow breathing. And so he, of course, ate his chocolate and moved on away. <laughs> what does that have to do with this? We are designed by God to move away from pain and move towards pleasure. We move from pain and we move towards pleasure. That's why when you tell your kid, if you don't, do, if you don't stop doing that, I will whoop you, they stop. Because we're designed to move away from pain and move towards pleasure. When those commercials make you look like, you know, that Burger King commercial make that lettuce look like it's about six inches thick and that tomato looks like it was just fabricated in the Garden of Eden. And then you go there and buy the Junior Whopper and go, what in the world is this? Because I had a pleasurable picture in front of me about this Junior Whopper and then I got this like a peanut butter sandwich. Well, your will is changeable. Matthew 26, 29. We're still there, right? So hear, hear, hear this now, hear this now. Jesus says in 39, Nevertheless, not as I will, not as I want, but as you will. Dr. Bridget wrote that on her, uh, on her Snickers because she is trying to train her will to not desire the snicker bar. And the only way she could tra train her will was to add a new meaning to something she thinks is pleasurable. So she added a negative, painful meaning because we are designed to move away from and move towards pleasure. So when she works out, she knows that when she eats the Snickers, that it makes her breathing shallow and she cannot uh, effectively work out. So she is now not ascribing the mmm, yum, 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 to the Snickers. She's ascribing <laughs> to the Snickers. You understand? So your will can change and you can help it when your perspective changes. When you pay your bills on time, you can enjoy good credit. The pain is when I don't, I will not have good credit. When I don't have good credit, I cannot buy what I want. So now I have to endure the shame and the embarrassment of you pulling up my 429 score. So you can change your will 
from stop paying your bills whenever you feel like to paying them on time when you ascribe to it the pleasure involved. You with me? When you see that the confessions of your mouth can change your world, and that it's not just taking up your time and energy, then you will move towards pleasure because you know, God, if I'm willing and obedient, I'll eat the good of the land. Therefore, I will myself to obey God's word because I want to eat the good of the land. So you can help train your will and discipline your will by adding a fresh perspective to whatever events happened in your life. Somebody treated you bad. Add a new meaning. God, I'm still standing here. It, my story is here to bless somebody else. Stop ascribing pain to it. Change the meaning. Change the perspective. Jesus moved towards pleasure because the Bible says in Hebrews that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So Jesus, what happened in that nevertheless moment was that Jesus said, okay, you know what? I ha- I'm supposed to go to this cross. How I'm looking at this cross thing is not good. Because I'm saying, I don't want to do this. You didn't, didn't we read that Jesus said he didn't want to do it? The Bible says he was tempted in all points as we were. So there, Jesus was having an obedience problem right there. He did not want to obey. He was not willing to obey. He said, if possible, but not what I will, which shows me he, his will was not to do it. But he said, your will be done. In that nevertheless moment, he switched from... It's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. They're going to whip me. Instead of focusing that, he went, but you know, the joy that's set before me, I'm going to be seated at the right hand of the Father. I'm going to be one of many sons. If I don't do this, millions and millions of people are going to hell. He switched in a nevertheless moment. Same thing for you. And last thing. We have to... So in training your will, I need you to add enough oomph your will. What is it going to take for you to decide to do the right thing? To do, to, to do what you've been hearing. To do what, you, what you're listening to every Sunday. To do what you know to do is right. The Bible says to him that knoweth to do what is right and doeth it not, it's counted as sin. We're supposed to do what we know we're supposed to do. You know, I did not want to get up in 40 degree weather yesterday outside in, in, uh, to go watch heaven play soccer. She had to get about five. I had to leave at seven, but she had to get up at five. But you know what? She willed herself and she got up. What, what are you willing to do to change your circumstance? What are you willing to do to get to Prosperity Island? Whatever that prosperity means to you. Are you willing to finally listen to your wife? I'm just saying. I mean, she may be saying something smart, you know, every now and then. Just every now and then she may say something that makes sense. Are you willing to listen to that? Or are you, are you just going to be in your own way? I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Or, or, or wives, are you willing to just stop being so, I don't know. What, I don't know what y'all do. What y'all do? Tell it. Are you, are you willing to stop holding out on a brother? I'm just saying, you know, you win flies... <laughs> Bees with the honey. Anyway. (laughs) Stop hauling out. Woman of God. Stop using that as a means to control and manipulate and do the right things. The Bible says that our bodies do not belong to us. That we must subject them and submit them 
unto our, our husbands. Amen? All right, husbands, give us something to submit to in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I'm just a saying. Whoo! Here is the good thing about this. When I act as a choice, when I choose to align my will with the will of God, when I choose that I am going to do it, I'm in it to win it. When I make that kind of commitment, that heart commitment, oh, this is so good. Look, go to Luke. Go to Luke. Go to Luke. Go to Luke. Luke 22. Luke 22. Mm -mm -mm. When I act as an act of my choice, decide with, I will align my will with the will of God, something good happens. Oh, I'm getting excited right here. Let me tell you something. I want you all to get so excited about deciding to be obedient. You're just going to be like, you know what? No more excuses. Enough is enough. I am going to hit the gym. Just, just, stop, just stop backing it up now. Just go, just go to the gym. Do it for five minutes. Do it for seven minutes. Do it, but do what you know you're supposed to do. Here, here's my thing. Don't complain about what you can change. My, my heart's racing fast. I have high blood pressure. Can you change it? Boy, I'm, I, I need to lose some weight. Can you change it? Man, I don't have a job. Can you apply? I'm just saying, can, can you apply? Can, is it possible? Monster.com. I mean, can, is it possible just to take two key, two fingers and click, click, click? Can you go on vacation? Even if you take half a day from work and have a staycation at home. No more excuses. If we are going to prosper and be in health, we have got to be willing. We have got to set our will. And I'm telling you, when you make a decision in the core of your core, that you will obey God, the Bible says that divine help comes. Super comes on top of your natural. He turns things in your favor and begins to shift people, places, circumstances, and things for you. I have scripture to prove it. Look at Luke twenty-two forty-two, And this is what it says. Father, if you be willing, remove this cup from me. Then Jesus says what? Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. What does verse 43 say? And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Oh, but you know, you, oh, okay, okay, okay. That one didn't work for you? Let me tell you about Esther. In Esther, Haman was trying to hang her. And when she made up her mind, she said to Mordecai, Hey, let me tell you what. My maidens and I, we're going to fast and pray about this thing. And I tell you what, after three days when I'm finished fasting, I'm going into the king. Now, you know I may die, but hey, if I die, I die. But I set my will to do what's right. And when she went in there, the Bible says that Haman ended up being choked on the own noose that he had set for Mordecai. He ended up dying. Oh, but you may not believe me then. So here we go. You know, we have David. And David went and there was a troubled situation. And you know, the giant was there and they were running after and everybody was scared. And David had a defining moment. He could be like everybody else who were willing to be nervous and willing to be afraid. Or he could step up to the plate. And how is it that one stone... One stone can knock down a seven-foot person. Don't you know that God had to anchor that stone? Don't you know that God had to set the wind in motion to knock that boy out? Let me 
me tell you something. Divine help came when David said, no, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of God? Who are you to come try and back me up? Don't back me up. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to make an excuse. If I need a job, I'm going for the job. I need a raise, I'm going to work harder. I need a house, I'm going to apply for it. I need a car, I'm going to go for it. I need to use my confession. I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to be silent. I don't care what the circumstances. I can change my world by changing my will. And I will to do what the will of the Father is. That is what the Bible says. I am willing, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. What is his will? The Bible says his will is that you should prosper and be in health. It is not God's will for us not to prosper. It is not God's will for us to be sick. It is not God's will for our marriages to be going through. It is not God's will for for us to not know what's happening from day to day. That is not the will of God. It is not God's will for you to live in fear and anxiety and stress and pressure. That is not God's will. But I am challenging you. Are you willing to make your will will what it should will to do? Will you will your will? Just plant your feet down. Get set. And decide that this is it. Amen? Amen. Well, hmm. Health and Prosperity Island is awaiting your arrival. Today I'm challenging you to put on the wheels on that airplane. So that you can go to your prosperity place. Amen. With every head bow and every eye closed. You know, somebody may be here today and you're like, I don't know how I can add a new meaning to my life.